This episode is proudly brought to you by Lululemon. Lululemon are a brand known for yoga, but as we know, their run gear is technical, highly functional, and built to last run after run through the seasons. Check the collection out at lululemon.com.au. Episode number 241 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Thanks to our legendary Patreon supporters who keep the show alive each and every week to uh, yeah come out weekly and give you guys some content all about running here in Australia and overseas. Welcome to my co-host, Julian Spence, the king of the Surf Coast Track Club down there in Anglesey. How are you going? Oh, mate, I'm just a, I'm a lowly peasant in the Surf Coast Track Club. Nah, presents, I, I, I reckon. You've still got the biggest presents, don't you? Nah, I just show up, run half the loop, and then go home. That's ah, me. Still, still strong presents, I reckon. you got to <laughs> claim that. How you going down there? Got over your sickness all good? Yeah, it took a while. Beat me up a bit. But now, I'm, I mean, I feel pretty good again. So I've, I've got a lot of sleep, actually. That's one thing I've noticed. Like, I was getting nine hours plus a night and waking up top like deep sleep when my alarm went off at whatever time it was and just still think, reckon I could get an extra hour or two out of my sleep so that that was a good sign that I needed it mm, that's yeah. it my other co-host up in Canberra long time no see Bradley feels like we just did all this over the weekend welcome to this week's episode thanks Brady yeah I'm trying to catch up on some sleep didn't get as much as I normally get over the weekend but um yeah, yeah it was good to catch up with you and uh few other runners from all around the country down in Launceston. Yeah, it was good to see you in person. We don't often do it in person, get to see each other, talk yeah. every Monday night. But um, yeah, it's good to actually see each other in person with some like-minded runners down there at a pretty successful weekend, you'd have to say, the Launceston Running Festival. Yeah, certainly some good times. Like, obviously, the weather was... Uh, not like not perfect um especially early on in the day um but then it uh yeah it did settle down so uh but no it was we'll obviously talk about it talk a bit more about that <laughs> later on Gee, i wonder who ran first <laughs> yeah, i've got hey, some I've, comments about that i've got the, I've got the stats here i've got the bomb yeah. i've got the official bomb weather uh, mate i hope you've got a lot of stats because there's gonna be a few questions <laughs> coming at you this week so uh yeah it was not the yeah it was an interesting week for me We'll um, go to you first then. I did have Moose's Strava pegged up, but you're going first. Talk us through what happened. Yeah, all right. So Monday, just my standard hour at Mulligan's, uh, 14.5K in an hour. <clears throat> Tuesday, I jumped on the treadmill, did 8K, uh, just under 440s, and then headed out to the track Tuesday night. And uh, the plan was to do five 800s off a four-minute cycle and five 400s uh, with a minute recovery, which was exactly the same session that I did uh tuesday before sydney 10 and uh, but it was 
it was cold. Um, I think the apparent temperature when we started at six o'clock was like minus two. So it was probably like, you know, four degrees with, I don't know, 15 K an hour wind or whatever. Um, felt good warming up. And then we started the session and there was, uh, what was there, four of us in like sort of my group. Um, and the 800s, like I ran 226 for the first four 800s and it did not feel easy. I th think largely because of just the weather. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever run in super cold weather where the, the cold air, like it just tightens up your chest. Um, like I wasn't getting lactic or anything like that in them, but it just didn't feel that comfortable. Uh, I kicked down the last 800 to 221 and that did feel, by that stage it actually started to warm up and felt good. Um, and for some context, like before Sydney 10, I think my slowest was 2.23 for these 800s and my quickest was 2.18. And then we got into the 400s and went like 69, 67, 68, 68, 66, which is even slightly slower than what I ran before Sydney 10 and got through the session and then changed my shoes and like my left calf was so sore. Like I started the cool down and every step was like sore. And I'm like, shit, this is not good. Cause in, in December, when I hurt my calf, I did, I got through the session, I got through the cool down and I didn't feel my calf at all. And then I woke up the next day and it was tight. I jogged on it for a couple of days and then I did my, did a session like two days later and my car, that's when my calf went. So I'm thinking to myself, like, this is not ideal Tuesday before a Sunday, like 10 K race. So I was a little bit, uh, a little bit down when I got home. So I'm like, have I like, I'm, you know, feel like I'm running pretty well. Um, feel like I've been pretty sensible with the way I've been training and have I just fucked everything. So I took Wednesday off um, completely just as a precaution. And it was like, I didn't feel it too much when I was walking around, but it was definitely really tender to touch, which, you know, for me is not a great sign. Like, obviously there's something going on if it's pretty tender to touch. So took the day off, uh, went to work Thursday and then I decided I'd just do a treadmill run Thursday afternoon just to test it. Like it was still sore to touch, but it didn't feel sore when I ran. So I did 50 minutes, um, 4.37. So that was encouraging that I could run. Like I, I felt like, like I, I knew that now that I could definitely get away with just running, but whether I could run, you know, up on my toes, three minute Ks, I just wasn't confident, especially knowing that's when, well, that's firstly, that's when my calf sort of cramps or tightens up is when I'm running close to three minute Ks. Um, and it was, yeah, obviously the session in December that then flared it up. So by that stage, I pretty much made the call that I probably wasn't going to do the 10K. Um, and the question was whether I still go down, uh, just because I know that if I went down and did the 10K and I did blow my calf out and I was basically on the sidelines with Moose at the Gold Coast, I'd be way more pissed off then you know going to the goal like i'm happy to give up a 10k race knowing that i can potentially do something at the gold coast so um my other option then was to change to the half marathon and do it as a sort of marathon workout because i i was confident that you know that sort of 320 kilometer pace you know it's it's just it's a d different biomechanics for me running 320s versus three minute k's like i'm just definitely not up on my toes and i don't feel like my calves get quite as loaded so that's basically at that point, that's when I made the call. Um, so that was Thursday, treadmill. Friday, ran outside. Wasn't sure how far I was going to go. I, I wanted to do at least an hour. Felt fine after an hour, so I ended up doing 90 minutes. Um, so got rolling a little bit towards the end, 405s. Car felt fine. 
Um, I just wanted to get through, like, you know, it's three weeks out from the marathon. I wanted it to be, like, still salvage something from the week. And I sometimes like to go into marathon sessions, like, not not completely fresh. Um, so I thought if I do 90 minutes a couple of days before, um, yeah, it won't be completely fresh on Sunday and I'll hopefully salvage something from the week. Uh, Saturday, um, 13 and a half K at 412s and then flew down that afternoon. Um, yeah, and then Sunday morning for the race, uh, woke up. <laughs> so set the alarm for 550, woke up and the night before it was forecast to be cold and light winds. And yeah, when we woke up, it was 30 K an hour winds with gusts of 55. And I was like, well, this is not, not ideal. It didn't really improve a lot when the race started at eight o'clock. It was, it was freezing. Like even coming from Canberra, like I was, I did a close to a 5k warm up, did a few strides, but then the race was delayed by about five minutes. Everyone sort of just standing around. And when we started, we did this sort of, it's probably a 6k bit where you go out and back and then you go back sort of past near where you start. And that first 6k was just brutal. Like that was the point where everybody lost time like no one was going to run ridiculously fast that day because like my second k was 324 and which is identical to what i ran this uh, the week before around yerby pond for my second k of that tempo the difference was I, I had the brakes on um for that tempo whereas everyone was like pushing into the wind like i look at brett strava he was 307 for the second k of a half marathon when he's looking to run 254s it was yeah it was brutal so um, didn't feel great actually for the first. Oh, so, so I should say what I planned to do then for the session was basically 5k reps with a 500 float in between. Um, so, and the idea was to run hopefully around 320s for the 5ks um, and just float to feel. So I did hit six, I did hit 320s for the first 5k. Um, didn't feel amazing. And then when we went back past the start. We we're meant to have like this massive tailwind for about 8k but never felt never felt like we were getting a massive tailwind like i i didn't have a very good rhythm during it um but i think everybody was preparing themselves for the turnaround because we we're expecting to basically be running into like a 30k an hour headwind on the way back which the wind dropped and it was actually a really nice run on the way home so um anyway i went like 320s for the first 5k 318s for the second and then i actually started to feel really good by this point um 316s for the third 5k and then for the last 4.7 i was 308 um and yeah like the last 6k was the best i felt in the whole run which like i guess is encouraging um you know going into a marathon that the longer i ran the better i felt and i think largely the wind and probably just not being warmed up properly um for that first sort of five six seven k made everything feel a bit harder um i definitely like kicked down like my last couple of k were close to three minute k's um because i was sort of going oh it'd be nice to just duck under. i'm this close to sort of 70 minutes so it'd be nice to just duck under 70 so finished the run um carve held up pretty well if anything it was i noticed a bit of tightness at the start but once it actually warmed up it was fine uh and then yeah did a longer cool down just to try and get through a bit of extra mileage. So I did nine and a half K afterwards for about like a 35 K morning. Um, yeah, so I got through 120 K with a day off. Uh, so not, not ideal mileage, um, but I've pulled up. Okay. Like my legs are a bit, uh, a bit sore just from, you know, running a pretty solid effort. 
but my calf, I think, will be okay. So I was yeah happy with happy with how it went. Yeah. Thoughts, Moose? Uh, makes sense not to do the ten because thanks, Moose. <laughs> it is faster, harder on your calves when you run faster. Um, uh, what um, how's this going to change how you train the next three weeks? Yeah, good point, Moose. So, uh, firstly, in terms of the whole, like I was meant to race you, Brady. I thought to myself, I'm in a no-win situation here. It's like if I if I go down and do the 10k and I blow out my calf. I get on here and you call me a dickhead for why did you race when your calf was tight? And then in, if I don't do it, I'm a pussy for not racing you. But deep down, like I've made I've made some stupid calls <laughs> in my running career um, and I thought that this was the most sensible approach. But in terms of how, how I train going forward, like Tuesday was a wake-up call for me that like – me just being on the track is just risky like especially in canberra like it doesn't matter what session i'm doing on the track i just feel like i get up on my toes more like even if i'm doing k reps in 305s like it's just a different mechanics and it always tightens up my calves and i'm like at my age and the stuff that i'm sort of training for i don't feel like i need to do it um so i need to come up with another way of still maintaining some sort of speed without risking you know blowing up my calves and like the hill reps seem good for me like i don't my calves don't pull up the same way doing the hill reps as they do on the track um and probably i I do need to do more strides like i just i don't do them um and that's probably a way of just developing a bit more strength in the calves and and also just helping that sort of biomechanics to run a little bit faster uh but in terms of moving forward like i won't be doing a lot of speed work uh and i think also like the way that I'm running at the moment, I almost need to just put the short races to bed. Like it's not, it's not where my strength is anymore. Like the fact that I'm feeling better at the 13, 14 K mark of a half marathon than I am at the start shows that like I, I should be focusing on the long, the long stuff now. Um, so in terms of moving this week, I'm going to basically jog probably till Friday. I might do a long run on Wednesday. So like an hour 45, um, two hours max. Then I'll do like a comfortable session on Friday. So maybe something on the treadmill. So either my six minute reps or that sort of 30 minute or 33 minute sort of fartlek. And then Sunday, I was going to go relatively long with maybe a little bit at marathon pace at the end if I feel okay. And then I'll have a two week taper. Um, but not a lot, but not a lot of intense speed work in that taper. Yeah. The, um, the number. The number one injury for the masters athlete is calves. Yeah, and it is. <laughs> I, you're training for a marathon, and I'm not sure how important doing speed work is when you get to your age training for a marathon. Like even, I'm yeah, sure if you can get away with it, put it in, you might get a little benefit, but the risk is so high. Like in the, once you once you're 40 plus. It, once you're 35 plus, the way I'm doing, the way I'm going too, the speed work to me is way riskier when you're only getting a tiny benefit, I think, mm. training I guess, for the marathon. I, I guess the trick is, though, you don't want to completely discard being able to run somewhat fast, but it's how you can do it in a safe way. And as I said, for me, I think the hill reps are good, um, maybe some strides, but also doing some of the shorter shorter reps not on the track like if i was to do them on a trail 
um, or even on a bike path, I don't think my calves get quite as loaded as they do on the track. Like the AIS track is Mondo and it's just super hard. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, good, good question, Moose. And it was definitely a, Tuesday was definitely a wake up call that like I need to sort of give this real short, like, you know, 66 second 400s of the flick. Yeah. 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 Well, that's <laughs> no yeah. need really, is it? Like it's no dead pace like, 5k, 66. Yeah. And look, my five and my 5k days are really gone. Like, you know, what's it like a 1440 or like, you know, that doesn't, yeah, I'm, I'm better off just focusing on this long stuff. But yeah, I think there's value in doing some strides. Um, and keeping up the hip, like the hill reps are good. Like I do feel really good after I do those in terms of how I move. So I'll, I'll keep those up. Yeah. Good. Very good. Ninth overall, got the results here. 69.46, and most hmm. importantly, the first guy over 40. Yeah, yeah. And that felt good. Like I was happy with how, like, to run 69.40 in, like, not, like, yes, it's a fast course, but not ideal conditions and knowing that I have to go through like two minutes slower on the Gold Coast when even that felt pretty comfortable with like six minutes worth of sort of floating. Um, I think I'm in a, I think I'm in an okay spot. Um, I just, the one thing I probably haven't done enough of is like, uh, you know, two hour 30 runs. Like I haven't, I haven't done one two hour 30 run in this whole, whole thing, but we'll, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how I feel from 35 K onwards. How do you end up with, what was your first 5k? That must have been slow. 1640. Uh, 1640. 320s? Yep. Mm. And he, he was floating though pretty was, well for the two minutes. Yeah, yeah. So I floated uh, the, so I was 500 meter floats I set up on my watch. So I was 350s for the first 500, 340s for the next one, and 334s like for the, um, for the last 500 oh. float. So like it was more of just a, just back it off a little bit. Um, I, I took, missed that bit. He yeah. smacked the last like yeah. four and a half k. I'm trying to work out how you have ended up with sixty nine forty off the splits you've given. Yeah, me. so like, like my last my, uh, my last ten k would have been thirty two twenty, um, and my last three k I went three ten three oh eight three oh one, and yeah, so I was kicking down like the last k. I was just to basically get under seventy minutes, um, which you know wasn't needed, but it was it was nice to do. Yeah, gotcha. Makes sense now. And took two gels, so I wanted to Shoes practice uh, Alpha Fly. Um, Alpha. Is that your race day shoe? Yeah, that'd be my race day shoe. And I took a gel at 7K and a gel at 14K because that's pretty much what I'll be doing race day. I'll be taking a gel every 7K up to 28K, and then I'll grab some flat Coke at 30 um, and 35. Okay. So it yep. worked out three weeks yesterday, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, you see him cross the line, Brady? Yeah, I did. Took a few photos. Oh, yeah. Hands I'll, on his knees, breathing in pretty deep. Oh, come on. The guy, I had a chat to a guy, a photographer straight For a straight bloke who finished. said it was pretty easy. He looked like he was in oh, a world of pain. Well, what, Sinead last... was catching him pretty quick. Oh, the dog actually, Sinead. No, so, ran, yeah. Ran in front of Sinead yeah. the whole way, like 20 seconds in front of her, and she had to solo into that headwind. So on Sinead, it was... I had a look back after my second 5k so i was into i was into the float and she wasn't that far behind me but at this point we i was still expecting a massive headwind on the way back so i thought well i'll start off my third 5k rep bank a little bit of time on her and then when we turn around if there was if there was a massive headwind i had planned to actually slow down and just like pace her through because i expected look 
I'll be running 325s at best, like into that headwind. So if she can get a sip, but then when we turned around, there was like, there was very little wind at all. Um, actually, the last 5K, I reckon it had like Lake Biwa vibes because it's like a real sort of wide road, nice and straight. And that, that period at Lake Biwa where you, at the 21K turnaround, like from 21K down to probably like 27K where you just get onto that sort of rhythm and that roll, um, it had that sort of feel to it, but there was no wind at all. So at that point, I'm like, well, she doesn't need me to pace her. Like, you know, there's no wind there. She can she can um, look after herself. Just get, give her one back after she touched you up in that workout last year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so she was pretty close to me at 11. So what, that would have been like 10.5K. She wasn't too far behind me at that point. I'm in a message group, Moose, and we're all calling bullshit on this calf injury. Like, we just reckon he just – like, who, pull, who changes – like recovers that quickly from a calf injury. Yeah, I reckon calf dodgy, injuries are four four So weekers. many, so many people in the race wanted to smash crokes as well, but, cooling down with blokes. They're just like, ah, oh, well, what do you do this for? Why is he pulled out so late? Well, I tell you why I do it because missing Wednesday and not knowing whether I was going to be right to run on Thursday, I was like pretty down about it, and it made me realise how much I just want to actually be able to go out and run every day. Like, I don't give a shit about being able to race or race you. I just want to be able to run, and if me going down there to race you to keep listeners happy means that I bust, <laughs> bust my calf and don't run for two months, then I'm not going to do that. So, and, and look, I'm happy to admit I wouldn't have beat you. Um, so you can have you can have the win, but I know that deep down I did the right thing. Yeah. Did, did anybody go through – I didn't really look at it, maybe just took a quick squeeze. And I, I thought on the competition page that more people picked Brad – to beat Brady. Yeah, even more oh. reason for me not to race then. Have people been listening to this show? I, I started taking names. <laughs> I thought that I'm like... was actually great. I was reading it going, yeah, maybe I've got this all wrong. Maybe Brad is faster than Brady. And yeah, then I remembered I... the head-to-heads. Yeah. And, I, and and then it made sense. The only, just... way I, the only way I was going to beat you on the no, weekend, no, Brady, no, is, no, it would be stick behind you for the first 3K and just clip your heels, annoy the shit out of you, and maybe try and just get in your head. Yeah, that when I it. started to see those predictions coming in, I'm like, are these people listening to the same podcast that I'm talking on every week? It was really getting to me. So, question so, though, Brady, if you were coaching somebody and they pulled up and they were and they did a session on the Tuesday and they were cooling down and their calf and they had to like limp around because their calf was sore, would you be suggesting they do a 10k on the Sunday? No way, and, but I wouldn't be suggesting they do a half marathon instead. <laughs> and you ran the last 5k at your 10k pace. But at that point, like there were still like, risks involved, but you would have been over it. Yeah, you're confident in your car. And as I said, like there there is a different mechanics to run three twenties as th- compared to three minute k's for me. Like three minute k's, I'm yeah, I'm basically sprinting. <laughs> I just don't want to hear about Albert Park ten k in two thousand and nineteen oh, ever again on I, this podcast, Brad. Still, still happened. Yeah, it still happened. What about, what a, about Gold Coast half twenty? Yeah, exactly. A different Brady or race in there, Brad. Different Brady. You had your opportunity to go up against a new one. You turned it down, okay? (laughs) Or Marathon TV. (laughs) Give me something for the last two years. Go on, Brady. Tell us. Why don't you tell us about your week? My week. Happy if I go next, Moose. I'll allow it. You had a good week. Wait till the end. I did 60 60 minutes on Monday, 418s. Like just looking at the stopwatch, just off the shorter long run. Um, So I was quite surprised to see 418s for me on a Monday. That's a big, big surprise that I was. Like fresh, but I was a bit concerned I was a bit too fresh too early in the week. You know, sometimes how you want to feel like junk until like the day before the race. I was like, oh, maybe I've just uh, tapered a bit too early here. 
Um, did an easy jog, drills and strides in the afternoon on Monday after school. Tuesday was my workout for the week. I did 15 minutes at, I think it was about 3.12 pace. And then I jogged for two minutes and then I did four two minute efforts um, around about like three minute K pace, 2.59, 2.56, three minutes and three minutes. And that was good, just to do a bit of a combo workout, like a bit of threshold and then a bit of faster stuff at the end there and I felt like the workout was over before I got too tired um, and then an easy so I still jogged I still tried to jog as many times as I usually do but just started cutting cutting warm-ups cutting cool downs um, instead of doing 30 minutes in the afternoon I was doing 25 minutes um, or that was 22 minutes actually that afternoon just to yeah just try and cut some mileage going into the race I did an hour and six minutes on the Wednesday and then 25 minutes in the afternoon. Thursday I did 60 minutes and six by a minute on off. Um, I probably did that after about 10k. I was yeah we're still sorting this fun run course and I've had to run it one more time. I'm kind of sick of running this course now but I ran that course and then changed into uh, the alpha flyers that I was going to race in. I don't wear them very often, so I um, put those on just for those ones and, and felt good doing those minute efforts. They were kind of at probably 2.55 pace, I think. Easy 26 minutes in the afternoon that day. Friday was an easy um, 30 minutes. And then in the afternoon, Nate Stoke came over here because he was coming to the airport with me, so I jogged with him for 45 minutes. Pre-race on the Saturday, I just did... Uh, half an hour and I think I did five 20 second strides at the end of that run and then um, yeah made the trip to Melbourne got on the plane land in Launceston um, they do a pretty good job of getting you to the airport and or getting you from the airport to the hotel and looking after you pretty well down there and then yeah the race was the next day I was really confident I took a lot of confidence from my recent like cross-country races I'm, um, I'm not known for being a great cross-country runner and I like getting on the roads um i'm usually better so i know that i've been having some decent cross-country results i was kind of really excited to get on the roads and i really thought it was going to be a good opportunity to to have a crack at my personal best uh, my kind of minimum goal was to try and beat my road pb which was 29.48 and then my second goal was to try to dip under my track 10k pb which is 29.34 um, the race worked perfectly for me. There was a huge pack. We had a headwind out. We were expecting tailwind out, headwind back, but um, headwind out. Um, I stuffed my watch up again. I did it in this race last year. You know, when you click it and then it's like, are you sure you want to use it without heart rate? And then you've got uh-huh. to cl- click it again. Yeah. So this year I was so paranoid I was going to make the mistake that I accidentally hit it three times. So then when I looked down about 100 meters in, it's like, it said, like, resume. And I'm like, oh, no. So I, um, I got, and it felt like I was sprinting early as well. So I had no indication of what the first K was, but when I got to the K marker, I just split my watch. So then I could kind of just keep an eye on the pace, um, you know, just having a look at the K markers from there. So we stayed as a huge group. I'm not sure if you watched the stream moves, but it was probably like 20 yeah, people in the, um, the lead pack, all the big names. Um, so I just kind of sat in and just, yeah, kind of put myself in the middle of the pack. I kind of rewatched it today, and I don't think you can even see me for the first five or six k. I um, yeah, put myself in the middle, which is good because then you got nowhere to go. Like you're not gonna drop off because there's people behind you, and you you can't go any forward because there's people in front of you, people around you. 
and it just felt so smooth. We ran the first K, I think, in around like 2.52. Liam Adams did some pacing after the half marathon. And then it settled at like 2.59, three-minute K pace. I think a lot of guys were just thinking they were going to pick it up on the way back, um, which was perfect for me. We got to the turnaround at 14.52, and then they started to increase the pace, which they did similar last year. And I remember I I went with the pace last year for that 6K after the turnaround and then popped. Whereas this year, I was just like a bit conservative and just wanted to stay closer to the back of the pack and, and not get caught up in, in anything super quick. Um, and yeah, I just kind of just just relaxed at the back and then just really sat in a sat in a nice pack with uh, Liam Bowden, Aiden Hobbs, Will Garbaletto, Garbaletti, Garbaletto, I think it is. Should should get that right. The young kid, eighteen year old, and we kind of got dropped by the the big boys out the front, but we just still kept things honest. Like we were rolling two fifty three, two fifty four pace, um, and I just kept just cutting deals with my brain. I'm like, just just stay here for another two or three minutes, stay here to the seven k mark, stay here to the eight k mark, and it just it felt hard, but not like I was popping hard. Um, and then, yeah, got to, I remember getting to 8K and being like, okay, I've just got to got to stay here in this pack until 9K and then try to win it. And just at about 8.5, Liam Bowden made a bit of a big move and I couldn't cover that. Aiden Hobbs did a good job to cover, cover it. And then Will and I kind of stayed together um, with a tiny kind of little group there, which was good. And then at nine, Nick Earl was on the side of the road and he just kind of yelled out, like, try to run 250 for the last K if you can. Um, so I just tried to try to drop Will. I knew I think he's like a low eight minute three k guy. Like I didn't want to be with him with four five hundred meters to go. So I kicked away from him and had Aiden in my sights and probably got Aiden with four hundred five hundred to go and he kind of stayed next to me and then yeah crossed the line in twenty nine um, twenty five which was a which was a nice little PB and because my watch wasn't working I had no idea. I actually thought we were close to because I knew it was pretty slow through 5k and I didn't think we'd picked it up that much. So I was like thinking you've got to get under that 29.48, got to get under that 29.48, like keep grinding, keep picking up like as much as you can the last couple of k. Um, so a nice pleasant surprise when I crossed the line and saw the clock at 29.25 and um, yeah, over the moon. Like I was... I'd, I always just wanted to break 30. Like, I would have died a happy man being a 29.59 guy. Um, and I just think 29.25 is, is is kind of a different league than the guys trying to break 30. And I'm glad I kind of made that jump. And, um, yeah, stoked to have a time like that next to my name because never in my wildest dreams would have I thought that I'd run 29.25. So, um, yeah, I think there's a few little adjustments I've made in training to work in and the cross-country strength going to the roads definitely helps massively. I think I was ninth. No, eighth. I was eighth across the line. So um, I think I was seeded fourteenth. So good to good to stag a couple of spots there. Kind of like the perfect race for you. It was. I I had a sit until about nine point one k. So I didn't have to do any work because it was slow early. I picked up, but I kind of backed off a bit that it wasn't going to pick up too much for it to cook me. Um, Yeah, and you just got to make those or take those opportunities when they come because there's not many races where you get handed it to you perfectly on a platter like that yeah um so and i've been down there before and, and had shockers and i'll probably go down there again and have shockers but um yeah it was good to everything just worked in my favor and and i just knew early in the week i'm like i feel great like these paces feel good training's been going well um i've got to make the most of this opportunity and try to rewrite the pb 
Well done. So well no done. complaints there. And I think you picked it a couple of weeks ago, didn't you, Moose? Didn't you say 29.15? I said low 29, I reckon. I said even lower. And oh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think you could get... I still think you could run that. Well, I mean, on a track, you might be able to. Probably not. I couldn't have done that yesterday because we'd probably lost too much time at the start. Like, I was... 1452 1433 yeah so 2345 um, is all too slow yeah yeah but, but, so i think i got yeah. the best out I, i'm surprised i actually closed in 1433 like yeah. i haven't ran many 5k is that much quicker than that no, no um so yeah it was good signs and we did have a nice tailwind coming home um not so as what, generous as the half marathon tailwind i don't think but it was Still so well, decent at our backs. According, according to the bomb, Brady, it was a south-southwester at 10.30 of 11k an hour, but then by 11 it was a north-northeaster, which means you would have had a tailwind on the way up and a tailwind on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the wind, did, the wind had dropped. But it was a great run. Like, regardless, it was a great run. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, stoked with it. So, um, yeah, good to rewrite a PB because I think, you know, the older you get, the more you appreciate just being you're better than you ever have been before like it's a cool little feeling and especially when i've been in the sport for so so long it's good to be like okay i'm kind of i'm peaking um which just didn't think you know i'm 35 soon and two kids and working and stuff i didn't think i'd be still maybe some of the better running in front of me but i think you were pretty late weren't you brad you ran some of your pbs late yeah every every pb other than my 8 and 15 so my 3k is um i was 35 when i ran my 3k pb Okay, still got plenty of years ahead of me. So that was that. I think uh, my weekly mileage was 130, 128, something like that. So a bit of a down week, but this was really a, an A race for me. Um, and then, yeah, I'll kind of string, hopefully recover, string a few weeks together and then hopefully nail a quick half at the Gold Coast. Like all off the off the back of that, I should be able to smack my PB up pretty well if um, if everything goes to plan. 63 minutes, maybe. I mate, I haven't even broken 66, so I'd have to jump like 65s to 64s and then into the 63s if that's the case. Yeah, you should well. be able to go. You should be able to go into the 64s. Yeah, I think so. What's that like 30, 30, 50 through 10k for 64? I think. Oh, uh, so well, probably 30, 30, 30. So that's because that's um 61, and then you've got you know three minutes. 30. Yeah. So yeah, three thirty. Oh, sorry. 3030 30 to 3040 I reckon through yeah. 10 yeah. slow your 10k down a minute should feel comfortable I think out there it depends on where the groups are like I've got a perfect one today but there could be a group going 62 and then nothing for 65 so um and I do like being in a in a race situation but anyway that was my week Bruce tell us about yours you're back mm, not quite as exciting as <laughs> as you blokes I did 35k I'm actually looking I, I'm accumulating the like I did 35.39k, um, which was significant because it means that I was like nearly 2k more than the, nearly 3k more than the week before. Monday I was sick. Tuesday night after work, I ran with Jimmy um, from the store. So we ran down the waterfront. Um, next morning, got out for a jog, just 30 minutes, but feel it not feeling great to be honest sore back sore glute sort of stuff uh real tight and junky and then i had a couple of days off so i was supposed to run friday but friday night friday morning didn't happen I had work on like super early did some testing and then worked all day and was going to run after work 
when I got home, but just did was not honestly it was never going to happen. And so Saturday morning got up, ran 45 minutes. That's what I was aiming at, and got some hills in. Started to feel a little better. Sunday morning, ran with a group actually, so went out to the the longy. Uh, everyone had sort of a version of their own long run out there with workouts. A lot of people getting ready for Gold Coast. And a lot of the guys that aren't doing the marathon at Gold Coast are jumping in and helping with the the, the marathoners for their workouts just to kind of chip in for the group. So that was cool. But I just did 12K. Uh, 428s, a little early, a little quick for me. I didn't, I mean, it felt good to be with a group again, but that get, get a bit carried away when you consider the morning before was 455s. Tuesday was 455s, Monday was 442s, and that was with someone. So, like, my cruising altitude at the moment is probably around, oh, I'm going to say that I run at about 450s. That kind of pace is is comfortable. Um, yeah, so the fitness is, is pretty low. I haven't ridden for a while because of my back, and the weather's so shit here. Bike riding sucks when it's so wet. So that fitness is kind of disappearing, the slight bit of fitness I built up from that. Um, but, yeah, crew to farm next week, 12K. Are you going to do it, Moose? Yeah, I'm going to do it. But not as hard as you did the other one? I don't know. Are you in the Premier team, do you think? Well, no, well, that's it. I won't need to be. I don't. Oh, I don't know. Because it's it'll be the same as last time. We're going to have more than six people, I reckon, this time. So I'd, I don't have to. But, just be just be yeah. like just be careful though, Moose. Like I know you want to be part of the team and everything, but like I'm sure you're like me, where you actually enjoy just like being able to run pain free and just enjoy going for a run. And if you're in this constant cycle of, you know, do one of these AV races and then type back and and sort of busted until the next AV race, it's like you're not really progressing. Yeah, I'm not sure what's causing all the tightness and shit because I've had that for a while. And I thought it, I think it might be the the bike. I've changed a few things at home. Like I've just sitting at the table feeding pee or like twisting sideways instead of turning my chair to face her was dumb. I love this. Welcome to dad life, Moose. <laughs> hey, proper dad <laughs> stuff. Now you know what we now you know what we've been battling for the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, but you both seem you're both like forty kilos and don't have any dramas. Uh, I think I'm getting like more upper body strength. I'm getting more jacked. Are you it's... sure you could get any more jacked than you are? <laughs> See, my body's improved since both kids can walk now. That's, oh, a, yeah. that's a game changer. That sounds pretty good. Um, but no, just like, you know, I guess if you were coaching somebody and they were doing this, what would you say to them? Yeah, well. 12K cross country is hard. That's like, that's like a 15K road race. I don't coach anyone who runs 30K a week, so I wouldn't really know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems foreign to me. Well, maybe you should be on a on a um, run walk program then. I did that already. <laughs> I just got through all that. That was pretty you good. You might have to dust the spikes off too, because it's going to rain Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in Melbourne. It's mm. going to be a muddy course. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, I've got to do a bit of a tempo run at some point, so it'd be a tempo run. I will see how we go. I might do. It. I heard that it's actually um, a lot. It's it's difficult late. So you need to um, save a lot to the end. It's just, it's just a 4K loop, though. It's the same. 
you do it three don't, times. Don't you finish differently though? Don't you finish a different K or something? Someone on the long. Oh yeah, like the last four hundred meters to run towards the finish line. Yeah, that's bad. It's only four hundred though. But your race is over by then. Yeah, yeah. I haven't really, I haven't even looked at the course or done it before, so I was just going off what someone told me. Yeah, the peel off to the finish is is sketchy, but that's the race is decided by then. I'd say. Maybe I just jog it, and then the third lap I kick it down a bit if I'm. Me and you, I just think I might threshold it. So me and you might just threshold it together. <laughs> you you reckon your threshold's the same as my threshold? It depends how we're going for people. I might just be able to chill out the back with you. I know I'm I know I'm seven minutes faster over the marathon, <laughs> but that doesn't mean we've got the same threshold at the moment. Yeah, all this stuff's <laughs> going to come back to me now. Now that I'm going all right, you brought back down to earth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good that you, you're rolling at least. It's yeah, good that you're rolling. It was good to be out. Do you know what? I just miss testing running shoes. I got all these mm. running shoes sitting there. I'm like, fuck, I don't even know how they feel. It's just good to put on different shoes and feel it again and just be, even just being able to talk to customers. Like today, I served like, what, however many customers, just being able to talk to them about running and actually. I guess feel a little more connected. Yeah, what's so important in your industry, isn't it? Yeah, and I need to be able to like kind of chat to them about the shoes they're wearing, relate my experience with the shoe and um, know what they're talking about and then chat to them about where they run, what events and just have some level of enthusiasm for running, which when you're injured, you lose very quickly. Hmm. All right, let's move on, hey? We'll go uh, Patreon shout-out. Then we might try put a call into Adelaide, Jessica Stenson, when we're talking about the Launceston results. Yeah, Can I kick us off, Croaks? Who are you thinking? Uh, I've got Lincoln Walkham this week. Uh, Lincoln lives in Ascot Vale, Victoria. He's currently building up for the Melbourne Marathon. So uh, that's 16 weeks yesterday. So that's a good um, good amount of time he's got there to prepare for that one. He ran 3.43 at Great Ocean Road last year. He's a uh, dad of two, and he's got the boy-girl combo like us, Brady. So mm. Good work. Um, 88 minutes for the half marathon he's run, 38.07 for 10, and he might have the nickname Bruce. So if uh, that's the case, thanks for your support, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. I just saw his Strava today. He's kicked off that training program for Melbourne. I was surprised it was 16 weeks away. It's yeah. going to come around quick, 16 weeks. Yeah, it it's a long marathon program, though, 16 weeks. Yeah. I guess, you know, I reckon 16 to 12 or 16 to 10 is even that sort of just um, prep phase and then get a bit more specific. Get going. Do you think of Moose? Um, I've got Jed Timms. So Jed is a big fella, tall man. It has big feet too, size 14s. He's from Cobble Creek. Queensland, 2.57, he ran at Gold Coast Marathon, 12, uh, okay, 12.36, estimated best for 5K, 26.29, estimated for 10K, so Jed, it's got to step up that marathon time, mate, according to those PBs, Uh, he's a daddy, he's also high flyer, lawyer, friends with Krishna Stanton, actually, um, training buddies maybe and yeah he he's actually part of or he's done work with the love mercy foundation so the love mercy foundation is the one that um Eloise Wellings is involved in they would go to Uganda and do charity work over there um and I know 
Jed went over there at one point um, and and did charity workings with Love Mercy. So thanks, Jed. Interesting that Brad and I were at the airport yesterday <laughs> talking to Aloise Wellings about Krishna Stanton. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, like twenty four hours ago, and now those go. two names have come up again. Yeah, with Jed, the Jed's the the thread now, isn't he? He wasn't there yesterday, but now he's brought them both together again. There you go, small Thanks, world. Jed. I reckon I met him up the Gold Coast one year too, Jed, in person. Had a chat with him. Yeah, he's he's a tall Good fella. Man. Good man. You yeah. recognise him? Yep. I'm going to thank Ty Farrier from England, United Kingdom primary club that he runs with is the hunts ac um he is a brand ambassador for the subline racing not sure what that is and a bmaf marathon champ in 2021 going by his description of strava he's trying to avoid old age by plodding along as fast as he can did have a photo of himself in one of those england vests as well you know they get those for like different races over there yeah Bit easier to get an England vest than an Australian vest, isn't it? <laughs> I uh, don't know. Well, yeah, there's, there's some there's some ways to get them in Australia too. Oh, Europeans, they've got Europeans. Going no, to but the sometimes Europe- they just go to like the Frankfurt Marathon and get to wear them. Why? You know, like um, Aaron Scott, he wore one once at the Frankfurt Marathon. Like they send like development teams and stuff. You call him Aaron. I tell you, it's pronounced, mate. I interviewed him. No, Pulled me up on it the Aaron. first twenty seconds. His name's Aaron. Anyway, um, back to back to Ty. Sixteen twenty-seven, thirty-three twenty-eight, seventy-two for the half, and two thirty-five for Chester Marathon two thousand and nineteen. Okay. So I don't know what that BMAF Marathon champ two thousand twenty-one is. So you're telling me, you're telling me British somewhere. Masters Athletics. Oh, that'd be it, wouldn't it? British Masters Athletics Federation. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's where he was wearing the England vest. Ah, there you go. Vest. Okay, there you go. That's making yeah. sense. What were you going to say? He's got a vest off those PBs. Nah, I mean, like, back in the day, he might have been some sort of phenomenal athlete, and that was pre-Strava, and you are just going off Strava. True. Yeah, I did. I just looked up his Strava, but I reckon he had him saved in the PB part of Strava, you oh, know that bit where you yeah. can list your PBs? These weren't estimated best for Ty. Okay, well, don't know about that. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. he won the 40, men's 45 section there. He ran 240.49. One easy, one by nine minutes. Um, so thanks to all those legends at Patreon for their support of the Inside Running podcast. Uh, keeps us alive every week, as I said at the start of the show. Three different levels where you can support us there. Heaps of bonus content at one of the levels, early release at another level. And, uh, yeah, get a shout-out, keep the show alive, all those kind of things. We really do appreciate it. makes us show up each and every week at Monday, 7 p.m. to get this show recorded, talk about running. We might go um, Launceston results first, boys, while I get Jessica Stenson organised. How's that sound? Moose, do you want to run us through the results? You yes. watched it. Did you yeah. sit back Sunday morning? No, I was out for my run. I got, as soon as I got back to the car, I put the stream on, and I saw that the gents were at 18K and Sinead was at 16K when when i tuned in but then i did watch the 10ks at home um so by the time i started watching brett had a lead of about i'm going to say it was about 20 seconds at that point um over brett robinson over liam adams and he ended up going on to win in 10156 which was just off his course record liam ran 10212 for a big pb and probably like a long time coming PB. And Joel Tubb and White actually had a 
Joel Tobin White actually, Inside Running podcast's own Joel Tobin White, <laughs> um, ran 62.46. So that's pretty good from Joel. He's obviously pretty fit at the moment and not far off his, what did he run, 62 low for, for that phenomenal half that he um, that he ran in Japan. So pretty pretty solid times there down in Lonnie. They're, they're very quick, especially for Australia. You don't see a race with results like that outside the Gold Coast very often. Yeah, and it's, like it's a it's an interesting course in that what I think makes it so fast is just long straight sections of road where like Gold Coast is flat, but Gold Coast you have quite a few turns to it where you basically have what 15k of the half marathon you're pretty much just running straight, which I reckon you can get into a really good rhythm with um with ideal weather. Like Brett Brett said that he thought he could run a minute quicker in like perfect conditions. And cause he spoke the night before at the dinner saying that, you know, he was going to go and try and run under 61. Um, but I think that first 5k was where the time was lost outside of that. They'll run pretty quick. What about you know, that? Was there a hill at about like 19k? Uh, not 19. No. So there's a couple of little rises in the first 6k. You go up sort of up over this bridge um, and then you got to do a U-turn and you come back and then there's a probably a 200 meter hill at the turnaround, which is down around oh, 15, 15k, 16k. Yeah. So there's nothing like because the, the the footage is deceptive. Then. Yeah, it is like, a bit yeah, deceptive. A downhill yeah. at the, yeah, I know the hill you're talking about. It's yeah, it looks like it's way bigger and more downhill on the way back than it actually is. Yeah, because yeah, they were still flying along at that point, and I'm like, the most... they're going uphill pretty strong here. Yeah. I think because they videotape it like very low in the back of a car, like it's a station wagon with its back opened, and I reckon the camera's super low, and it mm, just might be the know. perception. But that was um, a man any Sorry. And Jacob Cox was in fourth. He ran 63.54, oh, yeah. which was a bit of a massive breakthrough for him. I don't think he's been under 65.30 before and dipped into the 63s. I think the most impressive, impressive thing about all these four guys was they almost time-trialled it because when Brett made the move... They were just strung out, you know, 15, 20 seconds down the road from each other. Mm. Um, and they, they had to kind of work individually from a long way out. Um, it wasn't like they were sitting in packs for a long period of time. Mm. So, you know, mentally tough to kind of hold their positions for that long in the race. Fun fact about Jacob Cox. I've got one for you as well, actually. Yeah. What's yours? He's, um, his brother goes out with Izzy Bat Doyle. Do you, do you think they're the most successful brothers in Australian running history? Oh, jeez. I don't know. It depends how you rate that because you could take what, Robert 62 Deke. and 63. Yeah, no, but like what's the – because you take Deke, right? Robert Deke. Yeah, what does his brother run? Don't know, but it's going to – like are you looking for the average? Yeah. Is that, is that how it's going to work? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, I don't know. How are you judging? You can't have like a 208 guy and then a 215 guy, I suppose. Why that would not? be still impressive, yeah. You could have a two eight guy and a two thirty guy, and it's still. And those impressive. two guys, their marathons are letting them down. The Cox brothers at the moment. Yeah. But but over half a sixty two and a sixty three. Yeah, yeah. That, that was and, and Riley ran well too. Tell us about the women's race moves. Yeah, Sinead Diver. She um, she went down there, probably eager to take the course record, um, and she ran seventy one oh four. Now that did take the course record. So she um, she had a pretty good result, probably not her fastest time, but looked like Croaks, although 
he did offer and the plan was for him to pace her dumped her within one kilometer of the start line and so she pretty much looked like she ran most of the way herself um, yeah, if only she had a pacemaker, she would have ran way quicker. I ran 320 and then 324 for my first two kilometres. Like, so to be fair, the night before, Sinead was hoping to run, like, 60, like under 69. Like, that was her goal if the weather was good. Um, but I think she had been a little bit sick. But then seeing her on the start line or five minutes before when it was blowing an absolute gale, I said to her, Oh, I guess you're not. I guess you're not looking to run under 69 minutes today. And she's like, Nah. She was. She looked so cold on the start line. And I think at that point, like, there was, there was probably a bit of negativity on the start line. And then it was more about just getting the win. I think. Yep. Yeah, well, and she did. Yeah. And she did say the night before that she'd been sick a bit, mm, like a couple yeah. weeks ago. Had the flu for a few weeks. Yeah. Abigail um, Noelberg was second. She ran 71.50, which is very solid time. Um, I just. I just. Uh, tried to look up her results actually like her past pbs and stuff um had has done a lot of 1500s that's probably where her uh strength has been in the past um if i go to her personal best you can look she ran she's run five sixteen eighteen, 16 so pretty solid 33 45 zatapec a couple of 2019 um but really she's dropped from may um uh, from a month ago, she ran 115 at Sydney, and now she's run 71.50. So, one to watch, I reckon, fellas. Vanessa Wilson was third, 76.34. Out a run crew, I reckon. Did you sit next to her on the bus on the way to the airport crash? Was that yeah, it? yeah, I did, yeah. So, I think um, she's, yeah, obviously moved up now in distance. Um, and I asked her what's next, but she's heading overseas. I think her husband's family uh, from Finland. So she's heading over there for two months, like as of now. So she's not going to be around for Gold Coast. Um, yeah, but I think she's sort of done with the track and I think she's moving up to the, the half and the marathon now. Mm, yeah, and she's the, going well. Good signs. We'll go, we'll go women's 10K next, Moose, because I think Jess is here, but you want to quickly read the results out first and All right. hear about the race? Women's, well, yeah, women's 10K. Jess Stenson, she won 31.49, beat Leanne Pompiani 32.08. Eloise Wellings was in third, 32.47. Course record for Jess, um, which was big. Her big PB for Jess as well on the roads and, oh, well, in general, 10K. Right, are we going to ask her about the race then? Yeah. yeah. Welcome, Jess. Congratulations hey. on the course record. Welcome back to the Inside Rain podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. Did you think you were going to go that quick, Jess? What were you thinking the days leading into it? Yeah, it's an interesting one. So my overall 10K PB was from the Peyton Jordan at Stanford 10K in 2015. And I've sort of been looking at that time and I feel like my training has progressed so much since then, but I just haven't sort of had it all come together um, at the right time to produce a result um, to show for it. So when I spoke to my coach, Adam, on Saturday afternoon, he said, what are your goals for the race? And I said, oh, um, to run a PB like I think I'm capable of that in my head I was sort of thinking road PB which I think I had to run faster than 32.40 to get a road PB but I was hoping I'd be able to maybe sneak you know low 32 sub 32 and and I said also you know to try and get the win and he said to me look you know 
given where you're at and what your sort of longer term goals are, I think I just really want you to get out there and challenge yourself tomorrow. Um, just keep reminding yourself of that when you're in the race. And he said, I think it's going to take a sub 32 to win it. And when he said that, it sort of excited me more than intimidated me. So I guess that showed that mentally I was ready to run a time like that. I just had to hope that I was physically as well. <laughs> Jess, when um, when Leanne took off, like, because at one point there, it looked like Leanne may have sort of almost sealed the deal. Like, what were you thinking there? Like, were you still, like, did that sort of come into your head as well? Or you still felt really good and you, and you thought you'd pick her up towards the end? Yeah, at that stage of the race, I was really running my own race and um, I, I, you know, one of my goals was to run a PB and I hadn't been checking the, the split since the first K split, which was 3.07, which was a bit faster than I'd sort of planned. So I decided after that not to look at my watch anymore, but I felt like I was certainly onto a PB. So I was just trying to um, keep my efforts steady to make sure I could um, secure that PB and it was at about the 7k mark I sort of realized that I was getting closer to Leanne and and next minute um wasn't too far behind her and I thought well if I'm going to pass her I need to sort of do it fairly decisively and uh yeah once I passed her I did at one point hear some breathing behind me again and I didn't know if it was (laughs) Leanne or one of the guys but I I didn't want to look behind. I just had to keep uh, focusing on the road ahead. And Liam Adams had gone into the 10K to pace the the men, I think, and pretty early on realised, I think he said they were clipping his heels. So he dropped back to the the next pack. And I didn't really know what his um, goal was for the 10K, whether he was using it as a session, as a bit of a tempo, but he was um, out ahead. And so it was nice sort of having someone to try and chase up the road as well. He pulled out at about 9K. And, uh, yeah, I I sort of surprised myself because the first half was pretty challenging. And then in the second half, I kind of came good and I think just got excited because I was feeling good. Yeah, I clocked – I looked at your last 5K, Jess, you just just split on Strava – and then worked out that that would have been a 5k PB for you as well, coming home. I think it was like 15, 15.44 for the last 5k um, yeah. to come home full of running. Yeah, it's funny. In, um, on Tuesday's session, I had 2x2k and 2x1k and um, Adam came out for sort of the second half of the session on the bike, but I was just running to feel and the 2k's, I, I sort of was around the... I don't know, 2.17 mark, which was a bit faster than I was expecting. And then the 1Ks, which came out, did I say 2.17? Sorry, 3.17. Yeah, 2.17 would have been pretty handy. Uh, 3.17s. And then the 1Ks came out at about 3.08. And I really felt like that was an effort that I could sustain. So it's funny that that sort of ended up being that final 5K was kind of around that mark. It must give you so much confidence, um, you know. We're not sure which marathon yet, but um, one marathon in in a couple of weeks, maybe four weeks or six <laughs> or eight weeks, with the World Champs and Commonwealth Games teams still yet to be announced. Yeah, well, the um, Gold Coast half will be the next race in three weeks' time, so I'm looking forward to that. I haven't, um, well, I have run a half recently. It was at Melbourne last year, and I, I had a toughie that day. So. <laughs> I'm um, looking forward to hopefully getting in and running a more consistent race this time. And have you had indications like, or have you changed anything in training? Like you're still doing as much cross training as you were before Perth or like can you put anything down to like this massive jump in PB? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, 
you know, in, in the last couple of years, I've, I guess I've had a, um, I've been able to hit my sessions uh, with more intensity and it's, whether it's that and a couple of other things, maybe burning more energy as a mum. Um, I dropped my strength training um, after having Billy. I think just didn't have quite as much time and I was prioritising my running training and I sort of looked at, you know, the whole picture and tried to identify why I've been more injury prone in the past 12 months um, because that femoral stress fracture at the beginning of this year really knocked me out. I was pretty deflated when I got that because I was so excited to run a marathon earlier this year. So the main things I've changed have been adding into, um, you know, strength and conditioning sessions in the gym per week. And I've really made a conscious effort to be diligent with my fueling. So I think, you know, in January, it's a period where you're traveling a bit for the Christmas New Year break. And I, I probably wasn't getting um, quality protein in within sort of that half an hour of finishing a session. So I've been really strict with that. And then I think just um, now that I've started um, coaching myself, um, not coaching myself, coaching others, <laughs> uh, I've really had to think about the purpose of each run. And I'm applying that to my own training more and just. I think there was sort of a point earlier this year where they were all becoming a bit similar, my sessions and my jogs, there wasn't a big differential. So I've been really trying to um, make sure my recovery runs are just, you know, I think of it as a leg massage. I'm just trying to get blood flow to the legs. I, I don't get, you know, nervous about those runs. I see them as a really um, relaxing opportunity to just get out there and listen to a good podcast and actively slow myself down. And I think that's meant that my sessions have improved as well. So a combination of all of those things, I think. Hey, so um, gold in that last bit there, Croaks, slowing down your recovery days. <laughs> yeah, well, mate, look, if I can run a minute 10K PB, then Brady, you're in trouble again. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I reckon I'm still a minute ahead of you, so we might be about, about uh, spot on now. Um, hey, Jess, just looking at your Strava, do you put all of your runs on Strava? No, I don't. No, I'm not I'm not good at uploading um, every run. I generally put my Tuesday and my Friday session, maybe my Sunday long run, uh, so I think the last last week was about 120 k's, and the two weeks before that would have been around 160. So that's um, yeah, getting up to. To be honest, I don't see my mileage getting much higher than that for this marathon. I think because it'll be marathon number 14, I, I can perhaps um, get away with less running than than I used to do. Uh, I guess, to protect my body. And um, when you asked before, Brady, about cross-training, so my sports doctor actually identified that as maybe being one of my um, issues as well. I'd relied on cross-training a lot for that Perth marathon. And so then coming into the next block, I just suddenly um, got back into more running uh, without the cross-training. And I hadn't probably built up that conditioning to handle that running load because going into Perth, I'd I'd utilised a lot of cross-training and had the aerobic fitness there, but perhaps not the the muscle and, yeah, general musculoskeletal conditioning to handle a high running volume again. It's, it's really easy to sit back and um, pick someone's training apart, Jess, which mm. we get to do when you were on that podcast, the mm. long and short of it. But I remember at the time I was thinking, she just has this formula now where she can run a PB doing this amount of running and this amount of cross training. 
and 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 I felt like I was watching you slowly move away <laughs> from the formula. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is. I can get why. Like, I understand when you run more, you um you want to run even more, and you go, okay, I'm doing it. I'm back. I don't need to worry about that stuff. But um. Yeah. It's funny you say that because it was the episode that you were on with us where I just I went through my training week and uh, I sort of said, yeah, I, could, I sort of felt my hit today. So I might I think I'm ready for a bit of a, an easier week. And it was already too late. Like <laughs> that yeah. bit of hip pain I had on that episode was ended up being the, the stress fracture. So uh, I realized now, you know, how you feel in a given moment um, is often a reflection of your training from a few weeks earlier, particularly with your bones. So you might get away with it in the week and feel good, but then it catches up with you a couple of weeks down the track. So sorry, with your mileage now being like 160, like that's quite high. Cause I remember when we spoke after you ran Perth, like you, your mileage, you know, it was probably mm. like a hundred and you're doing a lot of cross training. So when you're running 160 K a week, like how many hours of cross training are you doing on top of that? Yeah, so I'm not actually doing a lot of cross-training unless, like, it's not programmed um, now. It's just when I feel like it. So I've built up my mileage really gradually. Um, oh, I can send the actual Strava graph that I can see because obviously um, not everyone can see the, the accurate graph. But so at the beginning of April, I was at sort of 85Ks, the beginning of May, 110Ks, um, and it's just this sort of, three weeks up one week down three weeks up one week down so um as the sports doctor sort of said that we've got to just get you doing you know building that base again and so that's what we really focused on so the 160 k's doesn't actually feel um too yeah it doesn't feel like i'm um, on the edge at the moment but what i do plan to do and the races give me a good opportunity to do it is is sort of have a down week for the taper and then you race and then you recover and then you go up again uh, so I certainly could be adding in a bit more cross training, but, um, we just sort of looked at it and thought, well, when you cross train, you're doing these sessions, you're probably actually burning quite a lot of energy versus a really relaxed jog. If I do do it in a relaxed manner is, is perhaps less strenuous than a, than an elliptical session. Jess, the significance of taking the record, like, um, you know, Launceston's known as the fastest 10k in australia all the all the best people yeah i kind of assume have raced it over the years i was trying to find like an official winners list um how does that kind of sink in and then i was talking to david tarbottom today just seeing where it sits all time and you're actually ranked um third you and susie power with 3149 behind mm. christian's krishna stanton with 3146 and benita 3117 for 10k road um, accredited courses time so I'm not sure yeah, if you knew wow. that but yeah no, I didn't. you jumped to, jumped to equal third amongst those names yeah, um, so I, yeah two big kind of things there for, well, you know you're not renowned for your 10k speed but maybe you are now <laughs> yeah and maybe I am a bit fresher because I haven't had those you know weeks on weeks of high mileage but I um I didn't know any of those numbers going into the race and and to be honest I don't know if you realize had the same problem Brady but there weren't any clocks so sort of crossed the line and I think there was a digital timer in the distance but the sun was shining on it in a way that I couldn't see the numbers so I didn't know my time for a little while so I was really excited when I found out that I'd gone under 32 but I hadn't known what the record was so that was all a a bonus. (laughs) Did Sinead say anything afterwards after it was her record wasn't it? Yeah. She wasn't angry at all? 
her record from 2018, I think I found out. Nah, Sinead's, she's good value. We had a good chat afterwards. Um, watching her run beforehand was inspirational. I mean, we looked out of our window at um, 8 a.m. and the pine trees were sideways. So <laughs> There you go, Brady. There you go. There's the evidence. <laughs> Just trying to tell me how, e- how easy it was for the half. Well, I reckon that 18K, the tailwind though, Jess. She <laughs> came into it, but most of it was with behind them. Yeah. Didn't seem to slow down them, many of them. They all ran pretty well. Uh, Jess, do you know much about Gold Coast Fields for the half? Like you're in a situation now where you could potentially win that as well. I know Sinead told us that they're pre-race dinner that she'll be off overseas and won't be there but um yeah you could be winning this one too well Elsie will be in it so um it'll be a good hit out again um against Elsie and uh I haven't heard about the rest of the field I'm assuming they'll come out soon though Mm. we've got to find out yeah Brad's (laughs) Brad's field pacing job yeah that's it (laughs) Any more questions for our boys before we let her go? I just, um, I believe we're getting some ASIC shoes. Jess, did you wear the Edge or the Sky? Yeah, um, I've had a few people asking me that. So I wore the Sky. I actually said to Adam on the phone the day beforehand, I'm like, I might have done something bad here. I've, I've brought over a brand new pair of shoes that I've never worn. And he's like, oh, just don't stress, just um put them on in your room and just walk around, um, you know, <laughs> the, the, spend the rest of your night walk, the night walking around in your um, your shoes and and even if you're lying on the bed, just have them on your feet. And so I uh, did a few little jumps around the room, jogged around the room in them and um, they, they felt really good. So I've worn the edge in training a bit, but I wanted to save the, the sky for race day. So, yeah, the sky plus. Cool. Uh, they both feel good. Um, you can feel a difference, but I don't know whether one's better than the other necessarily. One's meant to be for more of a, a cadence runner and the other's more for a stride runner. But I think the um, the sky definitely feels like it has a bit more pop. Mm, very good. Mm. Any more questions, Moose? Um, uh, any, any contact at all? from AA to give you some direction around what you should be doing training-wise. You've been hassled all weekend about that. (laughs) (laughs) We've just been told to prepare for a mid-year Northern Hemisphere marathon, (laughs) or basically a championship marathon. Um, But, yeah, just uh, no clues as to which one. But uh, we've certainly, Adam and I, have been training as if I'm – preparing for the Commonwealth Games, uh, which is two weeks later than World Champs and will probably be a cooler climate. So I'm hoping that's that's the one. It would be a bit of a shock to the system to find out that I've got to run a marathon two weeks earlier. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time, Jess. I know you've been away all weekend from the family and stuff, so uh, generous with your time to give up some time for us on a Monday night to talk about all things running. No worries. Always good to chat. See you on the Gold Thanks, Coast. Jess. Yeah. See you at the Gold Coast. A message now from our podcast partner, Lululemon. We've been talking about and wearing Lululemon. And if you're after new running gear for your run season goals, you know where to go. Lululemon have designed this season's run gear with technical and functional details. From internal zip pockets for the small necessities, to variations in lengths for women's and men's running tights and shorts, to sweat wicking fabrics and mesh panelling exactly where you need it. With superior fit and technical innovation, Lululemon designs gear to last and perform day in, day out, no matter the weather. Not convinced? 
Try it out for yourself with free shipping and free returns for all online orders. Go to www.lululemon.com.au. All right, men's race moose, Jimmy Hanson. This was pretty impressive, 28.49. You would have liked watching this on the stream from the big fella? Did it pretty pretty easy by the looks of it. Just that, kind of just slowly strung him out. He didn't oh, seem yeah. to make a big surge, just strung him out, and then no one really wanted to, to go with him. And I thought there would be. I thought we'd get Sam McIntyre going with him, but didn't. I thought, well, no, he was the man I thought would go with him, really. I wasn't really sure of the fitness of the rest of the group. But, yeah, it was it was really – it was quite astounding how easy he seemed to do it. And he's been fit lately. Like, he's run very fast. He's got some good range. It looked easy, but the times indicate that he was flying and just making it look easy. Like, 13.57 last 5K, 8.03 last 3K. Mm, um, but when you wow. look at him on the stream, you're like, he didn't look like that. But then you look at the guy who's spitting out the back, um, and you can see why he was spitting him out the back. First Tasmanian winner of the Launceston 10, so I think that's pretty – significant from a Tasmanian from a Launceston boy as well like he lives there I saw his little interview post race and he kind of said you know this is the biggest 10k in Australia so for a local guy to win it um, gives a lot of yeah. hope and inspiration for all the local kids growing up there watching people go through their local town doing this race so um and he's got range 149 guy over 8 338 over 15 he was on the plane today um to Europe I think he's going over to chase some races over there so Amazing race from Jimmy Hansen there. Uh, Kieran Perkins was second in 29.05, and Riley Cox was third in 29.06. Uh, so close finish there. Uh, Brady did mention the bit, like, which is also pretty inspirational, that this time last year he had a oh, yeah. blood, blood clot on his brain. So for him to sort of come back from that is um, is super impressive. And even just hearing his uh, his post-race interview with um, with Welshie, like, he's a bit of a character. Like He's pretty good for a chat. Seems like a good guy. You want, it's so humble. He's yeah. one of our coaches that run to PB. Like he's just an absolute legend. And um, you go up and talk to him about his race afterwards, and all he wants to do is talk about your race. Mm. And you're like, Jimmy, you're the man here, not me. Like he's, um, yeah, just an absolute legend of the sport. And and you know, he doesn't have the sponsors. I think he said he's self-funded. He's taken two weeks off or three weeks off work to go overseas and chase some times. And yeah, they're the kind of stories you want to get behind. Okay. That's a wrap on Launceston, though. All right, next bit of running news, boys. Rome Diamond League. Did you see it, Croaks? I uh, I haven't watched it, but I've heard good things about Jack's pacemaking job and Cat Biss is in the 800. Yeah, so I taped it and watched it, uh, I think it was Friday morning. Um, yeah, so Cat Bissett was, like, competitive. Like, she finished seventh in 159.7, but with, like, 200 to go, even 150 to go, it's like she was, she was you know, challenging for probably podium. Um, but you know, it's like in the 800, once you start to tie up, uh, the places can change pretty quickly in that last sort of 60 metres. So she faded a little bit uh, to finish seventh, but that's a season best for her. So um, anytime you're running under two minutes for 800, you're doing well. Um, yeah, and then in the men's 5K, um, they had Paul Robinson, I think, pacing the first, I think he did close to 2K, and then Jack took them through to 3K. Um, yeah, 7.42 basically through 3k which you know is a pb for him uh, i'm not sure whether it actually will show up on his uh iaaf or world athletics profile but he looked very good uh, and it was kajelcha actually was like pretty much you know chomping at the bit and pretty much went past him just as jack was about to finish so um, i heard somewhere that their second mile in that race was 402 um Jeez. yeah so but jack's obviously in in, in fine form if 
He's running 7.42 as a pace job for 3K. What's he racing next? Does anyone know? Not sure. I think he's in uh, St. Moritz. Actually, did someone... I think... No, I think he's got a 5K Diamond League coming up. I think he... In Oslo. Some, yeah, Oslo. I yeah, think so in the comments. This, that's Strava. this weekend. Yep. Okay. Um, Something to look out for there. Yeah, and Ollie Hall's in the, the Dream Mile there. Against okay. Jakob. Cool, that's Ooh. good. Um, and then there was a few qualifiers overseas. Ed Trippis, the steeplechaser. He came fifth at the NCAA 3,000-meter steeplechase um, final. He ran 820.29. So he now owns the two fastest Australian times in the last decade with his 819.6 and his 820.2. Just misses his PB by less than a second. Remains number three all-time, but qualifies now for the World Champs and the Commonwealth Games. So uh, that was pretty good from him. And then Amy Cashin talking steeple as well. She also hit the qualifying time. This was at the Portland Track Festival. She ran 9.27.9 to meet the standard uh, for the World Championships. Uh, also puts her in contention for the Com Games. So, um, yeah, good news for our steeplers. When the Com Games, well, that was the last weekend for the Com Games period. So they're snuck in just in time. And they'll just be waiting to get named now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go on to the next bit of news, Croaks? Yeah, yeah, so this is great news, uh, not only for Australia, but Justin Renaudi's squad. Uh, Joseph Deng, the former Australian record holder, um, he returned to, you know, not career-best form, but he ran his fourth fastest time ever of 144.69. So he's had a rough couple of years since he was flying. Um, and so that qualifies him for, for the world champs um, and I'm guessing uh, places him in contention for the uh, Commonwealth Games as well. And his stablemate, uh, Pete Bowl, mainly known as an 800-metre runner, but ran a significant 1,500-metre um, PB. He ran 335.86, which um, yeah, I think it was like a five or five or six-second PB. Seven, seven, seven seconds. Yeah, there you go. Which um, yeah shows that his strength has come a long way. So... That bodes well for his, um, you know, upcoming 800s, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, that was good to see. Especially Joey Deng. Like, you watched him in our domestic season, and you're like, oh, mm. I just didn't look like the Joseph Deng of old. Yeah. Um, but just shows how they can turn the page in, in four or five months when they get over there. Well, what's that saying? You know, class is forever, form's temporary. Yep. That's it. Mm. Uh, and then Moose, last bit of news from overseas, Pat Tin and had a good one. He won a race, the Portland Track Classic, I think it was. Um, something in Portland. Uh, and yeah, he ran thirteen nineteen. Um, it was only his third race of the calendar year, so good sign there. Charlie Hunter also in the training group ran one forty five five eight to finish fourth place. Um, so yeah, those boys are starting to gear up. Not in the training group, is he? Isn't one oh, of the other ones? Not sorry, him? yeah, no, I'm, I'm wrong about that. In he's, the country. Yeah, he's in. Um, he's in the same group as Jess Hull. Yeah, Charlie man. Hunter is. It was the same meet, though, the Portland Yeah, yeah my bad. Yep. That's a mistake. That's all right. Mistakes we make often on this on this show, Moose. That's all good. We'll move on to training talk. So this week's training talk segment is proudly brought to you by Lululemon. Lululemon have designed technical gear with the run in mind to last more than a season. Head to lululemon.com.au to find out more. And Bradley, like last week, this training talk is based around a listener question. Mm, and the listener question comes in from Michael. Uh, I'm keen to know about your thoughts on running surfaces. I'm about to progress to a marathon-specific training program and keen to get your ideas on what and when to run on. Do you specifically look at different surfaces for different runs? So workouts, long runs, tempo, recovery. 
Um, for instance, road, footpath, trail, track, grass, sand, or treadmill. Do you have a quota each week on where to run? How should I plan the timing and tempo? Any advice on what to avoid or footwear? There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, just looking through the question, I think I can say six question marks. Yeah. No, maybe four. Which one do you want to do first? Maybe. Do you, guys, do you go with a quota? Do you guys have a quota? Do you look at this? No. 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 No quota. <laughs> but is that because you've got something already ingrained in you after years and years of running though? No, I think it's more to do with the purpose of each run and applying, like finding the surface to match the purpose of the run. So like down here, you, you have to go out of your way to run on an asphalt road. And so the, like I would encourage everybody to run on dirt for the majority of their running, the majority of their running, like at least 80% of the week. If dirt's accessible, run it on dirt. Uh, it's just going to be... Well, for, I know they've had some random study that came out once that said the impact was the same or whatever, Like, but runners know intuitively that running on dirt, they get less sore than when they run on concrete. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, you don't need research to tell you that. Uh, it just feels better. It's a nicer experience. The crunch under the foot of your shoe crunching gravel is so meditative. It's a beautiful feeling to run along on a dirt road and just hear that crunch, crunch, crunch. Like, plus, the, plus the trees and just the scenery that you have in the bush compared yeah. to, you know, uh, running through suburbia. Definitely. So I'm going to say run on dirt. The, the general rule is if there's dirt there, run on it. Um, but then if you've got a workout, he's entering a marathon-specific build, most likely these marathons on the road, we actually do specifically head to asphalt um, to run our marathon workouts because there's a degree of conditioning that running on asphalt or concrete brings your legs and you can become a little bit almost calloused to the road if you start to do some longer workouts on, on, on hard surfaces. Uh, if you head to the marathon having not run a single run on concrete, chances are by the time you get to the end of the race, you're going to feel pretty banged up. That's just the experience I've had in the past. Um, and so I always, a funny story, there was a guy actually from, um, he was from New Zealand. He lived in Melbourne. He went and did the New Zealand marathon, very good runner. Got sore quads towards the end of the race, had a terrible one, terrible finish, came back to Melbourne like one week later decided that there was because he didn't run enough on the road that that's what caused his problem so we went out and ran like every single run on the concrete the next two weeks and i don't think he ever recovered from that <laughs> and he got like full long-term injuries never really ran again um but yeah so I, I i had a long run on the asphalt normally do it with pace involved as well so you just time it like that mm. footwear you're the footwear man um, I would go more, more, no, more cushion for the, the, the road. So it's a, it's a harsher surface underfoot. I tend to like to wear more cushioning when I'm running on the road, protect it a little bit more, sort of dull the impact. Whereas on the dirt, too much cushioning can be unstable. 
and it's not quite as like it's not as required i don't think so slightly firmer shoes for the the dirt softer shoes for the road like all that anything to add there bradley uh, uh the only thing is just about probably spit of specificity so for me like we said like anything that's an easy run i will generally run on dirt the only time i don't run on dirt if for a recovery run is if we've had like a shitload of rain and i know that the trails are going to be like i'm going to be running through puddles then i might do my recovery runs on the concrete but that's obviously just for a short period of time but outside of rain I'm on the trails for all of my easy runs. But then depends what event you're training for. Obviously, if you're training for a marathon, you want to be doing some of your marathon reps on the road, and you probably also want to be doing them over a similar terrain to the to the course. So if you're doing a Gold Coast marathon, then you're going to be doing your reps on a flat surface. If you're doing Great Ocean Road, you're going to be wanting to try and incorporate some hills on those sort of on those um, faster reps. Uh, I'm a big fan of trying to do some hills in the first half of the long run um, before then doing my tempo on the flat for like I'm doing a marathon prep. Um, but, you know, if you're a track runner, then, you know, go and do a track session once a week or every second week because that's specific to the event that you're training for. So, um, But recovery runs on the dirt and then as much specificity as you can for sessions, I suppose. Yeah. Well done, fellas. Answer that well. Thanks again to this week's Train Talk partner, Lululemon. Their new run range is designed with lightweight fabrics, thoughtful features like key size zipper pockets and mesh paneling to keep you running whatever the weather. Visit lululemon.com.au. And I might just add there because I uh, got a few messages about what were the half tights we were talking about last week because I don't think we actually said what they were. They were the Surge Tight 10-inch. Do you guys get any of those questions? I got a question about which you would wear for um, what would be your half tight choice for the the marathon between that and another brand of tight. That would be it for me, I think, if I was doing a marathon, surely. Only because I think the fit's the best. Easier, Easier access for girls, I reckon, too. Moose on the Loose, Purchase of the Week, Julian? Um, Moose on the Loose, look, it's that time before a marathon when the Strava love comes out, isn't it? The session love where we get real tempted to push some big long runs because we know what's waiting at the end. Kudos, kudos, comment, comment, kudos, comment, kudos, comment. It's just a lot of feel-good stuff going on on Strava right now and it's a real temptation to... uh, punch home some long runs to ignore the prescribed paces we've been given to go that little bit longer than we were supposed to all for the love of the Strava that orange app that wonderful orange app that makes us feel good so good about ourselves um actually speaking of that Brady did you get a did you get a kudos today from a lady called Laura Lincoln you still got emails for all your kudos I have those turned off, Julian. <laughs> I remember I caught up with you once and your like, phone was lighting up every time you got a kudos. No, I'm like, that, sure, no, you got that turned like, off. Yeah, that sounds like Moose. Oh, and he boy. said, no, it's just for, just for comments. I just no. like the comments coming through to my phone. Hey, um, so what happened was um, Laura... On my run yesterday. No, well, yeah, so she was in the store and she was got her phone out. She's like, check out Brady's run from yesterday. And she kudos it. And I'm like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. He's going to know about that immediately. You'll get no, a- I don't. I don't have. I don't have any notifications turned on on my phone. 
because oh, I'm actually I'm actually reading a really good book about it at the moment. Um, Johan Hari, you know the guy that wrote. Um, oh, I should get this right. I want to get this right. So, what are you on this week? What's your thing for this week? Turn Lost connections. Off. He wrote. No, I've always stolen focus is the one I'm reading at the moment. It's his new book. I've had my notifications turned off for years. I have Messenger. I have that on. Oh, that's um, a notification. Yeah, but that's the only one. I don't have Strava. Don't have Facebook. Don't have Instagram. None of that stuff. Yeah. Well, and then and then I have Do Not Disturb on regularly, and um, Carly's the only person that's like unblocked from Do Not Disturb. Because it's amazing how much it just, like, my, I get distracted so easy. Like, sometimes I just walk through the house to go, like, put some clothes away, and I just find myself in a completely different room doing something completely different. Um, I'm not good with having a, attention stuff coming at me. I don't get notifications from anything. Like, I'm not... I'm so not, not turned off as well. Well, what, what do you get notified? What do people get notified from? Look, so if you get a DM on Instagram, does it come up on your screen? I don't get them. Don't you? <laughs> it's not a thing. It's not like maybe like one a week. Really? It's, I, I don't thought people be flooding your DMs. Nah, nah, not at all. Um, yeah, okay. Nah, I'm not popular. Yeah, because you just never write back to people. Not like you. You must get a lot to have to turn them off. No, I just I don't get that many. I just don't like. So then I've got to go into. So I'll program a time to go into the app to check if I've got anything instead of when I get a notification, stopping what I'm actually doing to respond. Yeah. Strava crashed after his run yesterday. Oh I got yeah. A thousand croaks. Did you see that? Yeah, Laura Lincoln, number one thousand. Was she? She got me over into the four digits. I reckon that's the first time I got four thousand. I mean, a thousand four figures. Mm. Thanks all those people. Got a lot of right questions actually. People in the store going, "What the fuck's Croak on about? Croaker on about with this half marathon?" Mm. Like, well, if they, li- if they listen now, that hopefully they'll understand. <laughs> oh, so with that, I had to ask you guys earlier on. So in the predictions, there was Tully Rose. She guessed one second um, over what I ran, and Jackson Rendell guessed one second under what I ran. No one got it exactly. So they were the two closest to my time to get the merch pack, but. There were some people that guessed Croak's DNS, but then were a bit off further away from my predicted time. No, not so the DNS, because there's one guy on there that I know that I told that I wasn't running it. So I reckon we just go. Knowledge. Yep. So I reckon we just go whoever was closest to you. Um, and they're obviously one second either side, but I know Tully Rowe entered before Jackson Rendell. So. Okay. So it's going to give Tully, it to, you reckon? I guess so. Bendigo back. Unless, unless, they, back. unless they both get something. We'll find something for them, see what happens. Who sponsored that? Uh, that was in running, running company. Uh, running company Geelong. $200 voucher. That's why we've got so many entries. <laughs> yeah, I'll invoice you later. I'm all right <laughs> Thanks with that. For that. Thanks for that. Carly loves that store too. She'll appreciate that. Thanks, she'll, boys. She'll be able to spend it. Um, yeah, is that your moose on the loose? I think it's actually, it's more of a like, hey, pump the brakes now if you're somebody doing this a lot of people could potentially run their marathon this weekend just be aware of what's going on here just be just ask yourself why am i why do i want this to be so fast and chances are it's because i'm going to get some real gratification post run that's probably the answer really I reckon the few people pulled their heads in about their um, where they're doing their marathon workouts as well. Seeing a few more oh, straight lines yeah. on the Strava. Gee, not our group. We got big oh, Jimmy really? friend just keeps going back to this flat ass loop. I'm like Jimmy, we need some, we need some sort of adversity in your runs. Can't Jimmy just... strikes me as a as a smart guy too. High intelligence. Yeah, Jimmy's pretty smart, but 
also a bit soft loves loves the flat flat boring loops like doesn't like to think about it doesn't want a hill in his loop doesn't want any type of wind in his loop um so i'm there like i'm that voice in their head going god guys let's go over the hilly loop today and they're all like nah flat today let's make our paces look better yeah don't know if they're taking advice from the guy who's got no cartilage in his knee anymore you reckon <laughs> just they're pulled back do I have to remind you about my time again? <laughs> well, that was, well, that was actually, Brady's just stolen that straight from Nick Earl. That's what Nick Earl said yesterday. <laughs> Nick Earl was good on the beers yesterday, actually. Oh, yeah. how'd he go? He wants a spot at the live show at um, Gold Coast. How'd he go in his race? I told him, told him if he wins Gold Coast Marathon, he can talk at our live show. Gee, he was good at Got Creation Road Marathon. Real strong. <laughs> I think he ran two... 2.30? Yeah, but he would just keep bringing, like, what you do, Moose. Yeah, what, what's, what's your marathon PV, Moose? Yeah. That's what he'd be That's saying. Well played by him. Because you know what? We've got that forever, me and Nick. Yeah. That bonding. <laughs> There's only oh. so many 2.14 men in Australia. To his, to his credit, I still cannot believe that he actually held it together after how fast he ran his first 5K. Like, oh, mate. Not, like, nine out of... Yeah. He was right. I reckon he went from running a 340k before I went past <laughs> yeah. him. I looked at him and I'm like, You're so fucked. I'm going to tell you to jump on my back anyway. And then all of a sudden he's there. He's cranked it down like 25 seconds a k. And I'm like, Oh no, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Nine out of 10 people I know that have you know, banked that much time in the first 5k aren't finishing the way that he did. <laughs> I was astounded that he finished. Jeezy no. carried on a bit during that last 10k though. We're Fuck still carrying on about on. it now though. <laughs> still still bringing it up. Like it was like a like a wounded moose in the in the wild. Like someone <laughs> shot him and he was just, just right on my shoulder the whole time, dying. <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, it was a good moose on the loose. I enjoyed that. Um, what's coming up? We're nearly we're getting close to capacity at the Gold Coast live show. So if you think you're one of those people who's just gonna not get a ticket till the weekend. Um, I'd suggest get organised now. We've got three weeks, probably at eighty percent sold, um, and they'll go quick the sooner we go to the race. I think when people start getting their their plans, their ducks in a row for what they're actually doing that weekend. Good opportunity to uh, hear a live episode, hear from some special guests, starting to um, yeah organise, tap some people on the shoulder to to tee up some talking there. Not Nick Earl. So massive, massive thanks to Pillar Performance for supporting us on that one. I'm expecting, boys, in what's coming up, that the Commonwealth Games team and World Champs team is going to be announced potentially by the time this show goes out to the to the public on a Wednesday. So we'll see what the next couple of days hold. Crude and Farm Cross Country is coming up as well. And then Oslo Diamond League croaks. Anything else that I've missed? No, I think that's pretty much it for this coming, yeah, this coming week. So what's happening? Um, what are you doing in your life, Julian? Um, this week, wow, Cruden Farm's on. So I'm heading down to Cruden Farm this week, getting on the bus. Should be really fun. Yep, it will be. Bradley, what are you doing? Uh, trying to get maybe one more decent week of mileage in before a two-week taper. So maybe smash out a really hard long run on Sunday for a bit of kudos. Oh, here we go. Mm, there we <laughs> no. are. Yeah, I can see this happening. <laughs> no, I'll be sensible. But, I, I, yeah, I figure my last two weeks have been pretty light mileage-wise. So um, I'll try and just hit sort of 150, 160 and then shut it down for two weeks. Hey, when do you get the contract? I don't know. Um, I haven't heard. The names and splits and the money you're getting paid and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Not that sure. might change. That could change your plans on race day, I reckon. 
maybe race week. I don't know. I'm trying to remember when. When did we find out in 2017? Do you remember? How much we were getting paid? Or no, like basically who was who was the elite field and. Um, the only thing you care about is how much you're getting paid field. at certain certain <laughs> checkpoints. I think no. Elite field get announced any day now. Yeah. So no, I'm just I don't think paces get it get in the same uh, realm as elite field, right? No, but they normally send out a, an email saying you know you need to come to this meeting on Saturday afternoon, like you know that that technical meeting. Oh yeah, yeah. boy, um, take you your autograph pad. So take, the... take the autograph book. I've got a photo of Des Linden with Des Linden. That's right. Maybe that. then they put that lunch on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sarah Hall. Sarah Ball was, was there. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah it was good. All right, we're done, boys. See you again next week. Good luck on um, the weekend, Brady. We'll do it all again. Yeah, another race, another weekend. We'll see what happens. Don't get injured during this period of racing. No, no, that's at the very top of my mind, Bradley. I'm pretty conservative, though. You'll know. You know that. Just got to listen to the body. But I think I'll smack along on tomorrow morning, maybe. Oh, Brady, um, I saw today that there's a treadmill for sale in uh, Echuca Moama. I reckon you should get onto that. Yeah, Archie's one. Jeez, what's like two and a half, two and a half grand or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's doing it. Man, I thought treadmill's like two hundred bucks. Why is he selling it for so much? It must be a good one. Is he quit running? Have you no, cooked, no, have you cooked him that much? He's uh, sitting at his parents' place. That treadmill. He hasn't even shipped it into his house that he moved into about two years ago. I don't think. So game, just, game, game changer for you, Brady. Treadmill. You better no, run, no run at home. No, nah, I'd hate running at home. I don't know how you boys do it. Love it. Nah, getting out in the fresh air amongst the trees, hearing that crunch of the dirt under your foot, all that stuff you were just talking about. Mm. I don't think I'd touch a treadmill sitting in my shed. Uh, once or twice a week, I don't mind getting on there. Actually, I'm going to do a few over the next couple of weeks, run on the treadmill for my doubles in a bit of extra clothing. I, hey, Brad, I actually yeah. think that there's, the calf load is higher on a treadmill than yeah, outdoors. Potentially. Like, I know that sometimes I, I focus a bit more on form when I'm on the treadmill, and I do sort of get a little bit toey. Like, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have it's... you got mirrors set up in your in your <laughs> shed as well so you can see your technique? No. Nah. Occasionally... He just, he just watches videos of his old races. Occasionally the car is parked and so you can, I can see a reflection in the uh, in the mirror, see if my, el- like, check the elbows. Oh, yeah. Check the, check the upper That's body, nice. the, the upper body carriage. Yeah. All right. I'm ending the show because this, this is going off track here. Have we not finished? See you, guys. See you, boys. <laughs> Lululemon believe that running is discovery. It's about the feeling you find along the run route. Freedom, peace, euphoria. Discover their technical run collection at lululemon.com.au.